The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Well, hi, everybody. And welcome back to the show. Once again, I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho. We're leaving tomorrow, headed for the Sawtooth Mountains, but getting to enjoy one more day in this beautiful city. Our guest today is Dr. Rod Shelberg, and I've talked to him for several years now. He's an absolutely beautiful person. You're going to love his spirit, his soul. But I asked his forgiveness because I wanted to share two quick stories with all of you before I bring him in. And I promise, Dr. Chelberg, this is not retaliation for all the doctors who've kept me waiting over the years. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I wanted to tell all of you that I did a reading this morning for a woman and I knew she wanted to hear from a cat. And I have brought through cats who have passed in the past and dogs who passed. This was the very first time that the cat spoke to me in English words. How is that possible? Because consciousness is interpreted by our soul in a way that makes sense to us. So, of course, the cat wasn't really talking, but the words were interpreted through consciousness. And that cat said to me, my mom has a box with me in it. And then the cat showed me its paw print, that his mom had taken that cat's paw print. Do you know that my client off camera, lifted up onto the camera so I could see it, a box with a picture of her cat on it, took the lid off of it, and inside it was a clay mold where she had taken her cat's paw print. Absolutely beautiful. So many other pieces of evidence that cat gave me, including one which I just got validation of about one minute before the show started. I couldn't understand why the cat was showing a yellow flower that looked like a looked like a daffodil in its mouth and it was handing this flower to his to his mom and she said to me that she'd been disappointed that a certain bush that she has with canna lilies on it hasn't bloomed this season and today that bush bloomed with yellow flowers that looked just like canna lilies so clearly the cat was taking credit for it and just like in any reading I do showing a current event that shows that those who have passed, whether human or animal, know what's going on in our lives. Absolutely beautiful. And then the other quick story, if Dr. Shelberg will forgive me for the uh, making 
and wait is that last week when we had the question and answer session with me on the radio show, we had a caller, Jody, who called in and she told me that her son had passed. And while we were talking, he dropped in on us and he told me to mention bees to his mom. Those of you who are listening may remember this. In fact, I went back to the show and got the quote, your son is showing me bees. If he hasn't sent you some kind of sign with bees, be on the lookout for that. Did something happen today? Well, she said, no, but I'll be on the lookout for bees. And I want to tell you that it's that mediumship has so many joys that go with it, like the validation from the cat this morning. But one of the biggest challenges is dealing with clients who have what we call psychic amnesia. They forget things that are so obvious. And Jody wrote to me the next day. I was cracking up as I read her email. She walked into the house all the way on the way home, wondering what could it be? What could it be with the bees? And as she walked into the house, she wrote to me, I had a horrible itchy feeling on the sole of my left foot. It came out of nowhere. I could not ignore it because the itching kept getting stronger until I couldn't stand on it. That's when it dawned on me. That was the spot where a bee stung me when I was cutting my mom's grass in my bare feet two days earlier. At this point, I had not not told anyone I had called into your show, Suzanne. I was now focused on trying to get that darn stinger out of stinger out of my foot. She went on in her email to explain that the whole time her boyfriend is digging the stinger out of her foot. She's trying to figure out what could her son have meant when he was talking about the bees. I'm just laughing as I read it. But the more magical thing than the fact that she was stung is that she had called me from her car to the radio show and as soon as her session was over her the unity online radio station immediately shifted to a song that was not on the radio station and out of her radio was playing a song called buzz cut season and she realized later that of course bees buzz she got the bee sting while cutting her mom's lawn and it was the season for cutting the lawn. But it's the lyrics of the song that make it so meaningful for coming on at just that point after he dropped in and said, talk about the bees. The lyrics say, so now we live beside the pool where everything is good. And she and her son always used to love chilling by the pool. And the lyrics go on to say, I live in a hologram with you where all the things that we do are for fun. Play along and make believe it's hyper real, but I live in a hologram with you. And she wrote, in a sense, he is like a hologram, a being of light. And we have been having lots of fun together on this new journey and adventure he is taking me on from the other side. I'm so blessed to have been led to you. Thanks so much for sharing my son's message with me. Is that cool or what? So... Thank you for your patience, Dr. Chelberg. Dr. Chelberg has had more than his share of mystical events, and I'm looking forward to introducing you, him to you. Welcome to the show, Ron. Rod. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's really quite an honor for me to be able to share my story and uh, well, tell people about the mystical ex experiences that I've experienced in dealing with patients and my life. Well, wonderful. Now, I could read the canned biography that I got off the website, but it's so much more interesting to hear from your mouth. Tell us about your background to begin with, and then we'll move into what it is that caused you to write your wonderful book that I'm holding in my hand, When God Calls, Say Yes. Um, 
I was always having mystical experiences as a child. I never knew what it was. And then it consisted of astral projection, being able to travel around the farm, and also being able to see uh, the colors on people's hearts, uh, colors red, green, and blue, and their auras. And um, nothing really happened until I hit the year 2004, and I became the medical director of St. Joe's Emergency Room. And um, during that time, I went through a divorce that was very, very difficult for me. And that, in essence, broke the hard shell around me that's called the ego. And in part of the healing process, I started to read A Course in Miracles quite uh, seriously every day and then started to meditate. May I interrupt a second? First of all, where is St. Joe's Hospital? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Bangor, Maine. It's the edge of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that we have you on this week with this had been scheduled for quite some time to talk about A Course in Miracles because I had two callers on my recent call-in show asking me if they could trust A Course in Miracles. And I thought, well, just you wait, because I consider you an expert in the course, Rod. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I've, so I've studied it quite a bit. And uh Yeah. So you started reading it. Did you actually get through a full year of reading it? Because it is a, a, a paced course, isn't it? It, it? it is. There's a workbook lesson. And, and so, yes, I read, I read The Course in Miracles several times. Ken Wapnick, John Mundy uh, are the main authors um, that are ancillary authors that work with it. But I still read the course to this day and still get messages from it. And... Um, what I used to do was, was write a four-by-six card for the daily message and keep it in my pocket. And some of the lessons, they repeat this on the hour, you know, the, the thought, I am the Son of God. And working in the emergency room, it's like, no, that, that's impossible because there's always an ambulance coming in. So I got in the habit of touching the card or pulling out and reading it. So it's a, it's a self-study course. And... Um, it, it, it guides you uh, to remembering that you are a thought of love in the mind of God. It brings you back home to unlearn this world. And there's no, uh, like, church you belong to. There is no church. It's an independent course. There's study groups and then large groups that you can become members with. So it's a very personal uh, approach, one-on-one, if you will, uh, to finding your way back to God. Would you explain for everybody listening what is meant by to unlearn this world? God created, God, God from the Course in Miracles, God recreated and extended love and, re, and created himself. If you take the, the uh, him part of it out, God created self. Self then um, decided to create independence of God, and in so doing, fragmented. So we then needed help in, um, in this lost darkness, and we created this thing called an ego and a world. And from the ego, we started to develop hierarchy, rules, laws, judgments, and, and, and that pulls us farther and farther away from God and it pulls us farther away from our thought that we are still connected to source and puts veils over our spiritual vision so we get lost. So this world is not real. It's a dream, but we think it's real. So 
an analogy is I'm watching Star Wars on TV and I think that's real. I don't realize I can get up and go to the bathroom or get some popcorn, for example. So it's very clear that this world is not real. So I know a lot of people, including me, when I first heard that concept, this is a dream, this isn't real, we actually get a little defensive about that because our pain is very real. And you being an emergency room physician know more than anybody else that pain is real. I know you've heard patients wailing in pain, physical pain. And so how do you answer those people that, that say, well, that's just not true? Well... It, it, it's, it's, it's a hard one to answer, um, but once, you, once you've been touched by God, suddenly you realize this is a dream because when you enter the spiritual realm into, into being with, with God holding you, which, which is what I've done, um, I look back at this and say, it, 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 it's, just, um, it's just not real anymore. Um, it, it's hard to explain that, but... The well, fact that I can if touch I could it, just we, go, go ahead. I'd like to jump in there and say that I love what what you said there. That really gives a lot of help to people. From my point of view, is when you said we don't realize we can step out of the theater and get some popcorn. And what I take that to mean is I realize from my work as a medium that this is not the only reality, and this is not the ultimate. In other words, the real reality that we're like actors on a stage, and when it gets to be too much, there is that place, that state that we can go to, which is where we do experience our oneness with God. So that's our escape route, but it's also our ultimate reality. It is. It is. And so the Course is a lot of psychology of undoing the ego defense mechanisms, the ego that reinforces your belief that this world is real. Um, it talks about, I am not a body, I am spirit, things like that. And you slowly start to um, realize that this is all an illusion. Um, Joe Goldsmith was another author back maybe 100 years ago that, that also made very similar comments that, that this world is not real and that we are our true reality is that we are a thought of love, we are light, we are eternal life. And... What I've had through mysticism and and doubting the world and questioning the world, is this real, opened my mind to new possibilities that perhaps this isn't true and that there is an alternative to to all of this. And and that's the spiritual side that I became very comfortable walking in. And then as as I have this body, I, I was able to bring that light, that love, back into the emergency room and deal with patients and be guided by Christ who would start to talk to me and tell me what I needed to do to save someone's life. Now that's a really big statement and a really big jump. I I can hear some people listening saying, what did he just say? Because, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's a big statement. Why don't you tell us more about your first time you had that experience? Do you remember the first time? Well, Many times, I could write a book about stories, but... I think you did. It's called When God Calls, Say Yes, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually took quite a few stories out of it. I said, well, people are going to get bored reading this. But So here's an example. The very first thing um, 
is is when when people I did intensive care medicine and I was the, the doctor with the family's consent who would say it's time to let this person go and I'd turn off all the life support and get the person comfortable and eventually you know with the family in the room they'd pass away the patient would pass away and I always had a habit of taking my patient's hand and holding it to my chest and, and praying for them. And it was our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So after I did the course, I started to feel the presence of Christ in all of these ER situations if I, if I learned to remain calm. So one of the first times is a 40-year-old woman, well-dressed professional, collapsed in the office is brought in by ambulance, and she's clearly dying. So this is common in the ER. You, you get a patient. You have no idea what's wrong with them, um, no idea what their medications are, what, if, they've taken anything, if they've taken anything. So as I touched her foot, Christ told me she has Tylenol poisoning, very clearly in my right ear. And, and so I ordered a stat Tylenol lab, did a quick examination. I ordered some other labs. But my nurses are, why are you doing this? That is such an off-the-wall lab. It's not a routine lab. But I immediately ordered it, and within half an hour, it was toxic, critically high, and the Tylenol was poisoning her brain. So I gave her the antidote, and three days later, she was alive and went home. Without that level, waiting too long, she would have died. So that was my first wake-up. The second story is a 15-year-old boy was at school running, and he fell down, a little dizzy, got up, and didn't think anything of it. Went home, and his mother said, something's not right. Let's go to the emergency room. So I, I, I received the child, and he's got two skin knees, and he's talking, and I thought, well, you know, I, there's no nothing really wrong with the child. However... Christ again whispered in my ear that this child has metabolic syndrome. The minute I touched him, this child has metabolic syndrome, and he had a heart attack, and his heart momentarily stopped, which caused him to fall. So order a stat cardiac enzyme. So to order a stat heart enzyme on a 15-year-old child is, like, ludicrous. And my nurses are really, why are you doing this? Well, it came back 10 times high. In other words, positive for an acute MI. So we sent the child to Boston, and it turned out he had a 95% closure of his left main artery. And in medicine, we call that the Widowmaker. And they were able to put the stent in and save the child's life. So a 15-year-old falls down and has a massive heart attack, and Christ whispers into my ear and tells me what to do. That's pretty amazing. It's the, awesome. The next, the, I'll, I'll just share, if you don't mind, two more please. quick stories. Oh, please keep going. I eat this up, and I hope everybody listening does as well. <laughs> <laughs> the one that really changed my mind and opened, started me on this mystical path, an 80-year-old woman was in cardiac arrest and coming in by ambulance. And so I received her. And I assumed running the code, trying to keep her alive, but her heart rhythm was flatline the whole time. So she stopped, 
And I, I called the code. I pronounced her dead, and everybody left the room. Now, I, I had talked earlier about I like to pray for my patients. Well, this time I decided, since I've been reading The Course in Miracles for some time, and it talks about the unreality of death, that maybe if I ask Christ to come, he'll, he'll come and take this lady home for me. So I held her hand and brought it to my chest, and I said, Christ, please come and bring this, take this lady home back to heaven. And in that instant, I had a mystical moment where the yeah, holy instant is what the Course calls this, but the entire room turned white, scintillating white light. As I looked down at the lady, I could see the aura of her body, and I could see her face quite clearly. So she sat up, and as she did so, she mouthed the word thank you to me. As I looked off to my left, Mm -hmm. I saw about a four-foot cloud of a brilliant red light, and that was Christ. And I felt it, and I could feel it in my heart. And he picked this lady up, and they went across my visual field up off into the left, and, and, and she went home. And as I saw these doors appear, these beautiful uh, doors, two arms came out and brought them in. And I was totally stunned by this experience. And I realized that I had seen for the first time that death is not real. And that, that in, if you ask and really want to go home, back to heaven, back to God, it actually happens. So that was a major turning point for me. And that event has repeated itself now several hundred times since I, mm. I eventually quit ER. I became a medical director for four nursing homes, and I was also a medical director for one of the largest hospice groups here in Maine. We had like 150 people. So every time I, li- I like to make house calls and go see people, um, Every single time, that same scenario of white, that brilliant, beautiful light, Christ always came, brought peace to everyone in the room, and then they went off into the left field and and into heaven. So, one other one one other story that I that I will tell you, and then I'll I'll, I'll give you a chance. I have to keep you waiting just a little <laughs> bit longer. I'm making notes. We're not going to. You're raising a bunch of points here. I want to talk about. So please continue. Okay. Well, just the last. Uh, I was called to see a two, uh, in, a year and a half year old infant sitting on his mom's lap and who was in respiratory distress, and the mother is sheet white with terror. Um, I was asked by my partner to see the child because he was too busy. So as I sat down. The x-ray came up, and I saw that the child had bilateral pneumonia. And as I reached over to look at the child, he took his last breath, and he leaned forward on his mother, and and he died. Mm. In that instant, I saw the white aura of the child separate from from his body, and the child's thought was, shall I leave this world? And Christ then appeared on my right side, and said, put your hand on the baby's back, which I did, and threw me in in this language. You were mentioning the cats. That there's, there's this language you don't hear. But Christ right. said to the child, stay, little one. So the child merged back into the baby and started to breathe, which I then promptly called a respiratory 
cardiac arrest, and we were able to res- um, resuscitate the child and save his life. So hmm. those are just four examples of Christ is very clear when you're very calm, quiet, and centered. So I don't react to the trauma or to the appearance that this person is dying or has died. It's it's I I learned to listen. So I have the the look at the child and say, this is an illusion, it's a dream, and if I listen to Christ, he will tell me what to do, and there's there's a beautiful outcome to it. Boy, no so doubt. Those are, just, those are four fantastic stories. But, uh, but uh, yeah, there's, I can go on, but I think you want other things to talk about. Well, I'm going to want more stories in the second half for sure, because we love the wonder and the awe of it all. But I want to just be clear and find out your words on this. I grew up with parents who eschewed religion and was not raised with any religion. I say to people now, my religion is love. and But I have had personal interaction with Jesus since I opened to the greater reality. So, And I know he is real as a consciousness, as a, as an, as an, as a being of light. But I'm asking for my listeners who may want to know more, what if people aren't followers of Christ? As I said, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a Christian or a Jew or, or any one religion, and yet, for me, Jesus is a, a real being who comes to me as a teacher and a model of, of loving kindness. Is it necessary to have to believe in Jesus for this kind of healing? Or when you talk of Christ, are you talking of the man Jesus or something else? I am talking of Christ's mind. Jesus okay. was a man who attained mm-hmm. divine consciousness and was able to bring that back and, and heal. So for me, the Holy Spirit, God, Christ, Buddha, they're all the same thing. It's love. And the ego likes to split things up and make it confusing, confusing, confusion to people. So change the word. Um, uh, my dad was an atheist, but he believed in love. And and you yes, can say here. whatever whatever word you want, you know. But I believe that this is love. However, whatever I wanted to find it, I could say it's Ford Chevrolet talking to me. Um, many people who like cars would appreciate that, that my car talks to me. But in reality, it's the flow of God's communication to us, and and we're still a part of God, and we resonate with that, listen to it, and and then our perception changes in the world. The world changes, and then and that's, that in The Course in Miracles is called a miracle. And what you described to us are most definitely miracles. So so those of you listening, when Dr. Chelberg talks about Christ talking to him, use whatever word speaks to you. The Holy Spirit, God, love, Buddha, whatever. But clearly, miracles taking place. Unfortunately, we have to take a break for three minutes, but please come back. We're going to talk about this in depth with some more miracles from Dr. Rod Chelberg. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's Rev. Paul Hasselbeck with a Unity Teachable Moment, taken from a talk at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. All good is defined as divine mind, God, and I love this, the principle of divine benevolence that permeates the universe. So God is not good like a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout. God is the good, the principle of benevolence. And benevolence is basically the disposition to do good or to treat others well and things like that. And so, so in that moment, when, you, when you're not wanting to offer grace to somebody, you can remember at the very point of view is this principle of benevolence. And as we remember that, we can draw on it and then we use that principle to offer grace. To find more from Reverend Paul Hasselbeck, visit the radio archives at unityonlineradio.org. Experts say picking up a pen and paper and writing things down can have some amazing benefits. Spark some creativity by sketching, doodling, and writing down what you want in life with a set of Unity Inspiration Notepads. They come in three inspirational designs with themes of gratitude, intention setting, and visualization. These are great tools to keep on your desk and use every day. Just $12.99 for a set of three. Pick up yours today at unityonline.org shop. Get inspired with Temple Hayes and the Intentional Spirit, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central here on unityonlineradio.org. Each week, Temple shares tools and practices to help you thrive in the most challenging times. Temple also welcomes fascinating guests who share their stories and struggles on the spiritual path. Follow Temple on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date with the show. Become an intentional spirit with Temple Hayes here on unityonlineradio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. We are having the most wonderful conversation with Dr. Rod Chelberg. And it's funny, on the break, I asked him, what address would you like me to use? What URL for your website so people can learn more about you? And he said, well, I can tell you how to intubate someone, but I'm a Luddite. And I know Ty, who's listening, will totally appreciate that. A Luddite is someone who really eschewed technology, doesn't like it, doesn't want to use it. So all I can tell you is, is please get a copy of Rod Chelberg's book. It's called When God Calls, Say Yes. And his last name is spelled C-H-E-L-B-E-R-G. You can find it on Amazon. So we are talking about the mystical experiences you've had. And we clarified at the end of the last half hour, Rod, that when you speak of Christ, you're using that as a term for the voice of God, more or less. Is that right? That's correct. And 
clearly the presence of God because and, go ahead. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to tell you that when I first heard from you several years ago, before your book even came out and you somehow heard about my work and reached out to me and you told me how you would for years, hold your patient's hand and hold it to your chest after they pass. I thought, wow, to have a doctor like that, it just opens my heart wide. So you told me you have had the experience of yourself personally being held by God. Would you tell us what that's like? And yeah, that that was during during all of the um, the physical realm. During the meditations, I started to have the astral travel that I talk about in the book, uh, uh, and, and that's mind expansion, where your mind goes through this realm, it um, expands, and, and Christ became my guide. And, and then I went through the galaxies, and finally I came to the edge of, the, of what I call the separated mind. And Christ pulled me through that into this infinite sphere of white light. And you become a thought, a pure thought of consciousness, a pure thought of truth, a pure thought of love. All concepts of broad, uh, the body, um, life, uh, time, space, everything is stripped away and you become totally pure. And in time, Christ said, would you like to meet God? And I was born uh, into the Catholic tradition and I had a lot of had to stop for a second and say, oh, okay. But I realized I was with Christ, and so I said, yes, I want to meet God. So I let go of all my concepts, and basically I stood totally naked in, in, in this etheric spiritual realm and just waited. The most beautiful white mystical arms engulfed me, and I felt like I regressed back to infancy and and then I felt engulfed in the warm, beautiful love uh, that and peace. That, that I, 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 words don't describe this, but I looked up into the eyes of love, and to feel such love, such deep love, is is beyond what I can say. Um, it's it was a, a mind-altering experience. And, and that has stayed with me. Once I was able to, and that's called waking up, I see God. I see Christ now in this world. I, and I go back and forth. It's a very fluid state for me. And it's You call wonderful. them frame shifts in your book. I did. I did. And that's because when I was a child, and the movies were on old celluloid reels, and they were a picture, you know, that they or around the reel, and that was the movie. And so I, I started to watch when I was driving to work one day that the reel skipped, and it went trunk, 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 and the whole world flashed, tip, 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 and it was startling to to see that. And then it went back, and then it started to happen again, and then it became every time I have uh, an encounter with a patient or or talking to someone, there's a click. There's a very subtle shift in in my perception, and that's when Christ's presence is uh, has entered the room, and and, and it, it, uh, he always comes to my right side and, and touches my heart, 
and 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 this uh, white light radiates out to everybody, and um, it, it it doesn't matter if I'm in the supermarket, if I'm in a bad trauma situation, if I'm in court, if I'm just in the grocery store, that light and love just goes out, and everything starts to become calm and very quiet. Um, so that's that's the present. Yeah. So the frame shift is Christ entering the room. And that's a now, short definition of it. How about some but, clarification? And again, you're saying this is not the person of Jesus that we knew. Again, Christ is is the Spirit of God. This is love. But when you say He and enters, is that a metaphor, or, or are you seeing a person? I I I don't see a person. It's a metaphor. Um, mm-hmm. Words do not describe adequately because God is so experiential and words just fall down. I, I, if I say God is love and how many people are listening, every single person has their own definition of love. Well, that's not God. That's not the God I'm talking about. You see, there is only one God. There is only one power. There is not 20 different gods or 7.5 billion different gods. There is only one. So um, it's hard for me to put that into words and convey it. That's, that's my problem. Is there a way that those who are listening can have or could facilitate the kind of experience you've had, or are you by grace uh, a special case? <laughs> I'm sure there's psychiatrists that would be arguing that, but <laughs> we we are all mystics. We are all an extension of love, and we believe that we're individuals. Well, that's not who we really are. So what I like to do um, now, but it took me a lot of time meditating and questioning. But now I like to put my hand on my heart and say, "I am." In the ego world, ego says, I think, therefore I am. So you're, when you're into thinking about this, you're thinking about that, you're, you're trapped in the movie, you want to get out of that. So I put my hand on my heart and just say, I am. And then I wait. And, and then the other one that I use is God, reveal yourself. Mm. And that brings a very warm feeling of contentment, a very nice feeling of peace. It's not a big thunder and lightning and flashings and booms. It's very subtle, very quiet, and um, you, you feel comforted like a, like, a, like a child. So those nice. are the two that I use, and I'll be standing in the grocery store, and um, you know somebody's in front of me looking for all their coupons, and I put my hand on my heart and just say, I am, and, and that love just flows and, and blesses everybody in the store becomes very peaceful so that's kind of shortcuts if you will um reading i love that you use it and, to help those around you it's not just so that you find your own peace you're in mundane situations and knowing that that love is then through your intention flowing out to everyone around you right but when you think about it god we are all one with god Exactly. We're individual, but we're not. All minds are joined. So the fact that somebody dies, well, the form has died, but their spirit has not died. And and you can still, as you do, 
you can say, well, well, we can still talk to them. You know, yeah. we have five very limited human senses, but, well, we didn't have infrared goggles during World War II, but now we have them so we can see in the dark. What if we could make spiritual goggles and say, oh, there's my dad. You yeah. see, all minds are joined, so all thoughts that you think are, are extended out into the universe. So when, when I like to do what I call world healings, um, that love flows to all minds in the world. And for a while, we're all connected as one. We always are, but at least in our human awareness, where it becomes evident. And so, so you have so some more stories. Will you regale us with those, please? I love them. <laughs> so the question is, is death real? I always like to ask people that. I can tell you more stories of saving this guy and saving that, but I think you get the idea. But the question I like to ask, is death real? And people go, yeah, it is. And I said, well, maybe it's not. And and it helps people. So Anna was a 73-year-old lady who was dying of metastatic pancreatic cancer. And she had two questions for me. And the first was, what is it like to die? And second, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. What's going to happen to me? So for the first question, I talked to her about her illness. And I told her about my medications. And I said, you're going to become very comfortable. The more you relax into this, you become very comfortable. And then you're going to float and you're going to be asleep and you're just going to float away. You're going to be um, completely at peace. And she was very happy with that. And the second the question was, I'm an atheist. I said, well, that's, that's a human belief. But the fact is, you are a thought of love in the mind of God. You are still connected to God. And he has not forgotten you. And it does not matter what you did in this lifetime, good, bad. It does not matter. It does not matter what your belief is. You are love. You are divine love. And when I did that, the room was filled with orbs of different sizes floating around. And, and she looked up, and, and I looked up, and she smiled. And it said, these are angels. Christ said, these are angels that have come to help her. So a week before she died, and this has happened every time, Christ appears as a red aura on the patient's right and is, will wait patiently. And, 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 I, and I ask, please take this person home. And I call that process birthing someone into heaven. Um, nice. And so in Anna's case, the family came, and the day before she died, they had some tulips next to the bed, variegated tulips with white hips and a red base. She had been unconscious for days. She woke up, lucid for two hours, and told everyone how much she loved them, how happy she was. She said, I know I'm safe. I'm going home. Mm -hmm. And that happened. All the tulips entered, uh, opened up. Then she wow. became unconscious and, and passed away the following day. And I was home um, working in my kitchen, and I saw Anna's beautiful white aura with the red aura of Christ holding her, and she walked across my visual field into those golden doors, and she blew me a kiss with a smile and said, thank you. <laughs> so it, it was a lovely experience, and it's like, yes, her body 
has passed away, but she has not. She is eternal life. And it's like I'm done with this recycling process or coming back. She went home back to heaven. I had um, a lot of stories like that. My dad was an atheist and tuned me out left and right about, why do you go to church? Why do you? (laughs) I (laughs) said, well, I like it. And um, he he passed away. And a day before he passed, two days before he passed away, his right, uh, the red aura of Christ was right there. And I saw six white auras on his left side. And I thought, who are all these people? And, mm-hmm. and then I realized the tall one was my Uncle Vernon. Dad was in a family of seven, and they all came back to help Dad go home. So the next day I came in to see Dad, and the room was empty of Christ and these white auras, but Dad's body was still breathing and his heart was still going, but everything was empty. Hmm. And, and, and then it dawned on me that, oh, the body still has a little gas like your car, so it's like you've stepped out of your car, but you didn't turn the key off, and there's a little gas left in the tank, and it just runs out of gas. Hmm. So the the next day, I went to lunch. I came back, and sure enough, he had passed away. So I read lesson, uh, I think it's 109, I Rest in God from The Course in Miracles, and it's about God's love for us, trusting, relaxing, letting go, and Dad appeared as a beautiful white aura on my on my right side, smiling, and he was just radiating love. And he just smiled and said, I was wrong. And I finished the reading, and, and he left. And he left in total joy. So those are just a couple more. And, and um, That's there's other stories awesome. that you like, or we can talk about other things. But death is not real. The, the body dies. But the the essence, the divine essence does not. The person weighs 150 pounds at the time of their death, and I hold their hand, it's warm, and then a few seconds later, their hand is cold. And they still weigh 150 pounds. So what's changed? And, and what's changed is their spiritual divine essence of love has left. And in Christ, in all these cases, it takes them home. And I've had experiences that that I wrote about in the book where people, um, I I came upon in a meditation four four or five soldiers who were killed in World War II. And and I could see all the the warfare around them. I could see how how, uh, bloody their uniforms were. It was like I was standing there. And one man came over and said, we're stuck, we're lost, we don't know how to get home. Death happened so fast that they didn't have time to adjust to that fact. And I said, you see that light right there in the sky? I said, look to that light and go towards it and you will go home. They said, thank you. And in that instant, they all went and that dream did a quick spiral and it was gone. So for me, they were trapped in time and didn't have time to adjust to the fact that they had died. So they went home once I was able to point the way. So I no longer I know, believe in death. I know a lot of people uh, who have actually trained to help souls do that, but it's there's no time in their state of awareness in that state, so we don't need to worry about them. It's just a 
what in, in the blink of an eye feels like a momentary confusion, and that's why souls like you were sent to help them. Did you have another one? Yeah. Uh, I do, but it's um, <laughs> my own death experience uh, mm. was from World, World War One. I. I was a, a infantryman in trench warfare, and I was shot in my belly, and um, a shell landed next to me. And now this is as clear as me looking in, in this room right now. It's how clear this is, and and my the the, the bomb exploded. And in that instant, I became pure light. I was free and felt tremendous love and felt tremendous peace. And I thought, what was I worried about? What was I so afraid of? This this is wonderful um, to be so free and no pain, no suffering. Everything's gone. And I am just a clear thought of love in, in this beautiful uh, sphere. And so that was my last story. I could tell you more, but maybe you've got some questions. Well, those are great. And I do have a question. Just looking at your book here (laughs) beside me, would you explain to us why you called the book When God Calls, Say Yes? Um, Jimmy Twyman is a very great spiritual teacher. And I was listening to him and I heard those words and they resonated within me as God sometimes does talks through people and um and it says when god calls say yes resonated and i wrote a poem a poem excuse me that answers that question it says say yes to the beloved and let god enter in to your life and then let god be god in your life and let him lead the way um be comfortable trusting that he already knows what you need and he will take care of you and we just have to stop interfering. So it was what I heard through through Jimmy Twyman's uh, voice that caused me to write that title. How do we say? How do we end up saying no to God in our lives? We can say no because of the arrogance of the ego, and the arrogance says, "I'm going to do it my way." Uh, I think that was a Frank Sinatra song. I'm <laughs> going to do it my way and not God's way. So God wants you to be perfect happiness, perfect love, perfect peace. And the ego says, no, I want I want to make a million dollars. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. The ego is always looking to external things in the world for, for um, um, its uh, uh, prestige, its hierarchy of where it is like, I'm I'm this I'm I'm, a, I'm the medical director of this big hospital, and isn't that great? And God says, no, you want to remember that you and I are one, and and so um, saying no to God is the arrogance. You're listening to the ego instead of listening to God, and then the er- ego loves to cause mischief. So when I was a pilot, I was a young man. I used to fly, and I loved it when I had a navigator in the airplane and I could just fly. And, and so my first navigator was the ego. And he told me I had to have a medical career, a house and cars and do all these things. And I kept hitting buildings because the ego doesn't like to fly very high. But nothing made me happy. Nothing fulfilled me. So I became a medical director. I, I, I've done so many things. 
but nothing filled me up inside. There's there's always a hollow, empty feeling. And after the 2004 crash, where I went through a very difficult divorce, I looked at the at the ego and I said, "My God, you're the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. Do you yeah. have any credentials?" No. Then I invited <laughs> Christ to be my co-pilot, and I said, "Christ, I'm going to let you navigate." And and I'm going to fly the plane, but you tell me where to go. And the first thing Christ says, well, let's just relax and gain some altitude and fly above this battleground and make those crooked roads straight. And let's start taking some of these bumps out of the way. So three of my bumps, I've had three different cancers, colon cancer, kidney cancer, and testicular cancer. And all of them, um, I refused to believe that, that uh, what the doctors were telling me and believe what the ego was telling me that I was going to die or do all these horrible things. And and Christ said, be at peace. And by being at peace, the surgeon went in and all of the cancers were completely walled off, one scoop, and they said, you're completely cured. Wow. So that's what I mean, that you learn to live in the presence of Christ and he goes before you, and it is a, such a wonderful way to live. I, I live in peace, and people go, your son just smashed your car. How come you're not upset? Well, it's a car. It can be replaced. Nobody got hurt. I choose the peace of God instead of the upset of the ego. And, and the Course says, do you want to be hostage to the ego or, the, or a host to, to Christ or to God? And And so... I choose the peace of God and let him do the heavy lifting. So That's a recipe for um, living right there. It is. Now, it is. You, you shared a poem with us a few minutes ago. Is that the same one you wanted to say at the end of the program? We talked about that on the break, or do you have another one? I have another one. And this is, this is a poem from God to you, to all the people who are listening. Um, I like to step aside, and, and, and God needs me to translate. So it's called God's Gifts, and it says, I lay my loving hands on you and bless you with my gifts of love, peace, and joy. Feel my tenderness upon you and relax into me. Feel the warmth of my loving presence for you. Trust me as you let go, Then courage and hope will flow into your being and you will again shine as the light of the world. Your light will be illuminate your life and the warmth and brightness of sunlight extending to all the people of the world. Let all of your concerns go now and be free. Loosen your hold on this earthly life, your cares, your worries, even its joys. Unclasp your hands and relax. Put aside all thoughts of your future and your past. As you relinquish them, your hands are free to receive my treasures as I hold them out to you in love. Take my gifts of everlasting life, peace and joy, for I give them freely. Ascend into the resurrection of your spiritual life. Then join with me now, my holy child, and will be complete forever as one in eternal love. Be at peace and know that all is well. That's God's poem for the, uh, that I'd like to share with everyone, that we are a thought of love in the mind of God. We just forget that. 
Well, thank you for that. That that was truly a blessing, literally, that what you read was a blessing upon all of us listening to it. And I now understand when I was looking through your book for the third time before the show, you used the term liquid love in there quite frequently. And I could feel that those words flowing just like liquid love. Yes. It's um, when in after after you get t- towards the end, um, God is going to ask you to help heal the world and help healing the sonship. So that feeling is, I call it uh, amazing grace. It's grace. And, and what I see is the great white rays flowing of, of love flowing through me. And I can feel that and see it. And it's, it's just delicious. Um, well, and it's well, like, we- I do not tell it where to go. So anyway, well, we want to thank you because we receive your gift with, with graciousness, and I thank you for being a guest on the show in everybody's name, oh. Rod. It was a true blessing. Everybody, oh, go out and yeah. have a great week with that beautiful energy surrounding you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.